Blog Talk Radio. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is the Ninja Pastor with Sunday's God in Country with Dr. Sean. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical reverend. Dr. Sean is a proud U.S. military veteran, former law enforcement officer, founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through his riveting national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This show is biblically and politically engaged in the battle to save our country. With a pedal to the metal. With this Sunday's edition of Sundays with Dr. Sean. Buckle up. Here's your host, the author of the critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America. Reverend Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor, with today's message. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Sunday and we've eaten well, at least I have. I found a way to manage to eat well. We've got all kinds of natural stuff over there. We've got all kinds of natural stuff over there. We've got everything good you can possibly have, including some top secret cookies, some <laughs> pawpaw bread. Um, we've got pies of all different kinds. We've got matzo soup. Is that what it's called? Matzo soup? Matzo ball. Matzo ball soup. And really, really good, too. And we've got some rotisserie chicken, some fried chicken, some yacht bird. Yeah, we're getting it done. We're getting it done. <laughs> So conflict between Christians, nobody to blame. We have a circular firing squad going on, don't we? Doesn't it seem that way to you? I mean, it always seems that way to me. Uh, I think this year it's worse than it's ever been to me, especially this election season, the fracturing of friendships. Uh, I'm going to mention social media here in a little bit. I don't want to get too far into it now. But I have to tell you, uh, it does really remind me of, of a circular firing squad. Now, a lot of people out there are listening, and they're going, um, what's a circular firing squad? <laughs> Think about it. Draw a little picture if you need to. A little, not if you're driving, though, if you're listening while you're driving. Um, but uh, So we welcome people in chat, by the way. We have chat open. I don't know how much I'll be able to type while I'm preaching, but we'll give it a try. So there's a great new uh, – well, he's not a new artist, but if, if you like country music at all, uh, he's really kind of burst onto the scene after – 15 years of hard work. He's an overnight sensation. His name is Chris Stapleton. All the company music awards. That's right. Oh, he won all the awards this year. He just, he just, he just walked away with it. He's really, really good. Um, and he did this song called Nobody to Blame But Me. And I really like it. I like this song. I'm not going to sing it for you, and I can't play it for you because it cost me too, cost me too much money. Um, but I like it. I, I, it's an accurate bunch of lyrics. It's, it's nobody to blame. By the way, uh, if you go to, the lyrics are on drshawngreener.com, and if you type in nobody to blame but me, all one word with a backslash at the end, you will be able to look at that link and, and look at the, the lyrics. So I'm just going to read it to you just for fun. Not that it has that much to do with the sermon, but it does, and maybe it doesn't. <laughs> you decide for yourself. She took down the photograph of our wedding day, ripped it down the middle, and threw my head Say It's a good country song. I'm not going to kid you. If you like country music, it's a good country music song. Don, are you tapping your foot? Oh, I'm going to try harder. I'm going to get him to tap his foot yet. And I got nobody to blame but me. I got nobody to blame but me. She broke all my fishing rods, put my guns in hock, 
threw my clothes out in the yard and changed out all the locks. And I got nobody to blame but me. I got nobody to blame but me. I know right where I went wrong. I just I know just what got her gone. Turned my life into this country song, and I got nobody to blame but me. I got nobody to blame but me. She fired up my old hot rod, ran it into the pond, put sugar in my John Deere. I can't even mow my lawn, and I got nobody to blame but me. I got nobody to blame but me. She built her a bonfire with my old six string, took all my good whiskey and poured it down the drain. And I got nobody to blame but me. I got nobody to blame but me. Nobody to blame but ourselves. That's a good country song. Boy, you want a good country song, that's a good one. You got it all covered. You got your lawnmower, got your truck, got your six string, got your whiskey. The woman is gone. The guns are gone. It's all, look, fishing. Dog is, hey, you know, I mean, one more verse and I'd have to sit down and cry a little bit. That's right. Wes, you write the fourth verse. <laughs> Maybe we'll get a little competition. Oh, uh, Upstate New York says, where is the dog? You're right. You're right. There's no dog missing. We'll have to. Maybe there's more verses to it, and I just missed it. <laughs> so we have nobody to blame. Nobody. It's, things have gone bad when you're quoting country songs. Nobody to blame but ourselves. Christians sometimes. Wait, wait, wait. Should I say sometimes? Who am I kidding? Christians often are their own worst enemy, aren't we? I would even say conservatives, especially conservatives. We're the worst. Conservative Christians are, are absolutely the worst. We're, we're our own worst enemy. Here's why. We publicly fight amongst ourselves. We publicly tear each other apart. We publicly degrade each other in a way that publicly negates each other's witness, walk, testimony, walk of life, reputation, whatever you want to call it. Whatever you want to call it, it's real, and ultimately it's devastating to what we're supposed to we were put here for a reason, if we're to believe Scripture, which I believe Scripture. We're put here for a reason. We're put here to stand for something. We're put here to be something, to do something. What we're supposed to do, that messes it all up. So in this, I'm going to give you some answers. Uh, what is wrong and how do we fix it? First, I'm going to read you some Scripture. The Scripture, the primary Scripture for today is 1 Corinthians 6. And this is from the complete Jewish Bible. How dare, and this will make sense to you. This is not a country song. This is scripture. How dare one of you with a complaint against another go to court before pagan judges and not before God's people? Speaking of pagans, we saw two pagan motorcycle gang guys uh, on our way here. Neighborhood's getting kind of rough. Just saying. Wearing colors, yeah. On bikes. Uh, Don't you know that God's people are going to judge the universe? If you are going to judge the universe, are you incompetent to judge these minor matters? Don't you know that we will judge angels, not to mention affairs of everyday life? So if you require judgments about matters of everyday life, why do you put them in front of men who have no standing in the messianic community? Ooh, we're going to talk about that in a second. I say shame on you. Can it be that there isn't one person among you wise enough to be able to settle a dispute between brothers? Instead, a brother brings a lawsuit against another brother, and that before unbelievers. Actually, if you are bringing lawsuits against each other, it is already a defeat for you. Why not rather be wronged? Why not rather be cheated? Instead, you yourselves wrong and cheat, and you do it to your own brothers. That's going to be important here in a little bit. Remember that. 
You yourselves, he asked, why not just allow yourself to be wrong? Why not just allow yourself to be cheated instead of going into court against fellow Christians? And he says, then you do it to your own brothers. Do you know, don't you know that unrighteous people will have no share in the kingdom of God? Man, that sounds pretty serious. It's, that's strict, so we should listen. Don't delude yourselves, people who engage in sex before marriage, who worship idols, who engage in sex after marriage with someone other than their spouse, their love wife, whoever engages in active or passive homosexuality, who steal, who are greedy, who get drunk, who assail people with contemptuous language, who rob, none of them will share in the kingdom of God. Some of you used to do these things. But you have cleansed yourselves. You have been set apart for God. You have come to be counted righteous through the power of the Lord Yeshua the Messiah and the Spirit of our God. You say, for me, everything is permitted. Maybe, but not everything is helpful. For me, everything is permitted. Maybe, but as far as I am concerned, I am not going to let anything control over me. Food is meant for my stomach and the stomach for food. Maybe, but God will put an end to both of them. Anyhow, the body's not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord is for the body. God raised up the Lord, and he will raise us up too by his power. Don't you know that your bodies are parts of the Messiah? So am I to take parts of the Messiah and make them parts of a prostitute? Heaven forbid. Don't you know that a man who joins himself to a prostitute becomes physically one with her? For the Tanakh says... The two will become one flesh, but the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Run from sexual immorality. Every other sin is a person. Uh, every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the fornicator sins uh, against his own body. Or don't you know that your body is a temple for the Ruach Hakodesh, who lives inside you, whom you received from God? The fact is, you don't belong to yourselves. You were bought at a price. So use your bodies to glorify God. So 1 Corinthians is a, a really practical book. We, we can, it's, it's pretty inarguable that there's not a lot of doctrine there, but there's a lot of life lesson. There's a lot of dealing with real life here. And people have this impression that the early church was somehow very pristine. They have the impression that somehow we are so far gone from what they were, but they were wild. Remember, these, a lot of these people were doing stuff that was just crazy business. You know, um, why do they use prostitute as an example or as a sort of a, what do they call it, a metaphor, or, uh, a link somehow, an example? You know, they put the... Uh, yeah, there were prostitutes in the temple. I mean, there was, prostitution was a big deal. So people are always shocked to hear that, that things were, they were wild. They were just flat out wild. And by the way, I forgot to mention tomorrow's show. Uh, just by the way... If you have any ideas as to what I should do the show about, that would be helpful. Because I don't know. Anyway, yesterday, or, uh, last Monday's show, for real, this is for real. Last Monday's show did not come together until literally minutes before the show. I don't know. I just made stuff up as I went along. Hopefully it was good. I didn't listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had a lot of comments. Very vibrant. Um, the uh, chat was very vibrant last week. It was really, really good. So anyway, First Corinthians, really, really practical book. Um, we, look, we lead, I like, when I preach, I like to talk about real life. I like to, to tether things to real life. I don't like to have some so high-minded that we can't tether it to what we do here on life and, and here on earth. Because you know what? I'll tell you the truth. I need a lot of help. Lord knows y'all are looking at me. You know I need help. Speaking of looking at me, 
We have big news. Of course, everybody knows our brother is back from overseas. Uh, seven months he was over. And so he's back safely, although he's right, even as we speak, he's probably about to board a plane or is on the plane to go away for a little bit for a couple of weeks. And then he'll be back in a couple of weeks and we'll all gather again and rejoice with him. But since he's back, you know, he's the tech guy behind God and Country. The uh, what is my what is my Facebook thing called? God is it called God and Country? I don't know how to do it, so he knows how to do everything. So it'll be good again because he's back. But here's the crazy cool thing: he is going to start uh, live streaming this Sunday message. So on video and audio, you'll be able to listen to it and see it. Now, some would say after you listen. You're only going to see me, which is a disappointment. Uh, no suing me for hurting your eyes or upsetting your stomach if you're trying to eat. Any of that stuff, just let that go. Maybe fuzz out the screen or something. Maybe maybe Sean has a way to do soft focus. I've always <laughs> dreamed of that. And like the, the light behind me, like the shooting light. Maybe. You never know. Like a filter. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we just put a picture up of somebody like Tom Selleck or something. We'll pretend like it's him. Anyway. So that's something to look for in a couple of weeks. We won't be here next week, but uh, we will uh, two weeks after that. We will be here. So here's the thing, real life. I'm just a big proponent of we need to deal with real life. When I wrote my book, I wanted to deal with real life. I didn't want it to be a theological discourse. I wanted to deal with actual real life, true life. We live in this world that we were born in. Right? We didn't choose where we were born, but we have to figure out how to live here. We have to figure out. And the cool thing is, is we have a faith. We have a faith and we have a scripture that helps us do that. So my belief is, why not help each other do that instead of uh, hurt each other? So but I, I like this passage, uh, 1 Corinthians 6, because it meets the Christian in his day-to-day relationship with other believers. They had struggles then. We have struggles now. We all have struggles as time goes on. Uh, we're going to talk about social media as being a real, could be great, could be awful. The Facebook could be a grand thing. Twitter could be a grand thing. LinkedIn could be a grand thing. What are the other? Snapchat. I don't even know how to use that. I'm on Instagram at the Ninja Pastor, Twitter at the Ninja Pastor, but I can't really tell you how. I just put pictures on, right? And that's what you're supposed to do on Instagram, right? Pictures and video. I have stuff on there, but photography and stuff. So we as Christians, we have to look at how we get along with other Christians, but not only other Christians, but we have to maybe really and truly, if we're being honest with ourselves and honest with our faith, maybe the more important thing is, is how do we get along with each other, other Christians who don't agree with us? Look, it's easy to get along with people that you agree with. Haven't we always, haven't we always, yeah, my buddy in the back says, just smack them around. Hey, an armed society is a polite society, right? We've all heard that. Anyway, so what do we do? Uh, what do we do when we, one of my buddies here in New York, a good friend of yours, says, and life improves when you shut it off, talking about uh, social media and all that. And he's probably right. We just had a conversation on the way here. Have you ever seen those memes, those pictures that have little words underneath that has a picture of a cabin? My buddy Bob Hartman, uh, who's excellent police officer, um, armor and did all that stuff, range officer and, and everything. He, uh, he's, he's into cabins. And so he forwards these memes just about every day and has a picture of a cabin on a lake in the woods and says, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so then he says, would you take a million dollars, stay here for a year with no phone and no internet? 
let me think about it. Yes. Yeah, I would. I'd write another book. I'd, I'd do. I do all the stuff that I'm supposed to be doing. I'd absolutely do that in a heartbeat. Sure, fish, hunt, do my archery, do my photography. Sign me up. Twist my arm. You know, I'm, I'm there. I'm there. It's easy for me to think about. So maybe social media. You know, but there's so much good in it too. We can redeem it for good, just like the internet. Remember the internet? Everybody said, "Oh, this is going to ruin the world. This is going to Christians. This is going to ruin everything for Christians. It's going to ruin." Are the testament of our faith. And through the internet, this is going to 40-some thousand people. Just dropped to four people, but that's okay. You know, but on Mondays, when I speak and preach on Mondays, that's over 600,000 people. By the end of the week, over 600,000 people have listened to that. Well, that's got to be something good, right? We'll see after tomorrow if I don't figure out what I'm going to talk about on Monday. Maybe it won't be good. Maybe that'll be my last week. You just never know. You never know. But the thing is, is look, I'm just going to be real with you. We've got to figure out a way to get along with other Christians that we don't agree with. Why is that important? Well, we'll see. First, we've got to figure out what is it we're fighting over? What do we fight over? What do we disagree about? Morality, what's moral, what's not? Malice, hey, you did that on purpose. You said that on purpose. You ever know anybody you can't barely text them anything? You can't barely, uh, you can't barely send them a, a message. You can't barely do anything anymore. They get offended perpetually aggrieved. It just seems like they're always getting their feelings hurt. Doyle tells me the saying that I want to say I shouldn't say because it's got a dirty connotation, so I won't say it. But, you know, it's traveling all over the Internet, this, this thing that these safe spaces, college kids, you know. Look, when I, was, when I was 18 or younger, I was in the military, working long hours and, and, and being exposed to great danger and all these different things, making life or death decisions. 17, 18-year-olds nowadays, man, that you've got to be careful with their feelings. You've got to have a space for them where nobody's going to say anything bad to them. They don't want anybody to disagree with them. Now, am I saying that we need to find a way to not disagree? No. We're going to talk more about that in a minute. What we disagree about money. In churches especially, right, we're talking about fellow Christians gathering in the community and all that. The Kehala people disagree about money. Well, you know, we're going to do... I told an example, I think, last week or the week before, I told an example about this real nice lady, church not that far from here, who left a whole lot of money to a local church. Very, at that time, very prominent church. I, I, maybe more prominent now. But she was very specific about how she wanted the money spent when she died. She said, look, she had it all spelled out in her trust. It was a legal document. She said, if you want the money, this is what you're going to have to do with it. If not, it goes back into my family, gets distributed according to my instructions. She had very specific, and they weren't weird. They were things that were important to her, right? She wanted, she wanted to have a new piano. She even knew what kind she wanted, and she specified that. It was a $150,000 piano. She wanted to have a new sound system put in, and she wanted these carillons. You ever hear the carillons, the, the bells, the, uh, the, what do they call them? Handbells, Hand right? Handbells. I knew I'd forget that. Look at that red fox running right by there. Skinny. He needs to eat. He needs to eat or or be hunted. I'm not a fan. Sorry, I'm not a fan of red foxes. They're just mean. Mean. They're cute as all get out, but they're not very nice. Um, anyhow, see now y'all want me to go. Not really. We disagree about hunting too, don't we? So right. So this lady had very specific. She had all these things, and the money was there to pay for it, and then some. She'd even included enough money to maintain the piano, to maintain the bells, to provide for professional instruction for as many people as wanted it on these bells 
I kid you not. I was I was there at the church at the time. I was secretary of deacons at the time. It was a big deal. Do you know there was people left that church because they're, I don't know why are we buying a new uh, piano. We don't need no new piano. We got a piano. That piano sounds fine. Well, you know what we need? We need new carpet. This church needs new carpet. New carpet. I'm walking in here on this carpet. It's terrible. It's worse than my house. These chairs are uncomfortable too. These chairs are straight up and down. We need better chairs. We need better people padding and everything. And you know what? The carpet needs a match to padding. That's what we need to do. You know, the mat. I'm leaving out of here if y'all ain't doing it. Take me. I'm leaving. You know, that's what they did. That's what they did. It didn't sound just exactly like them. I'm, I'm making a different voice because I don't want you know them to get mad at me. But, but my point is this. My point is this: is they got mad over a gift, but it was money, right? It was money that was given to the church, and all of a sudden, we're going to fight over it. It's just dumb. How about politics? Oh come on, right? The 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 name of my show on Mondays is the collision of faith and politics, God and country. The collision of faith and politics. Absolutely a collision of faith and politics. There's another guy. My, now mine's trademarked, but there's another guy on on uh, radio, and he has a show that's very eerily similar to my title. He came on a few months ago, so I sent him the screenshot of my page and the little copyright and the little trademark mark and the little page that says this is trademarked and copyrighted so you might think about coming up with a little different name i'm just saying now am i going to sue the guy no i'm not going to sue the guy i'm just going to be very convincing next time i talk to him if he hasn't remedied i think he probably has i think he probably will but look we're not going to fight over it unless he's you know going to be a fighting type and then we'll just have to do deal with it a different way but i'm not going to lose my cool it's not going to make me mad you know but politics let me tell you what politics folks will argue over politics well, the answer to that is, you know what? In churches across America, you know what we need to do? We need to stop with all this talking about politics inside churches. That's not right. It's just like they say, you don't talk about politics in church. You don't talk about church at dinner, and you don't talk about sex. Well, maybe we will, but let's just see. But we don't talk about these things. We don't talk about politics. We don't talk about church. We don't talk about – we don't go to church, and we don't talk about politics ever. Well, then what are you going to talk about? Because church and politics, faith and politics, come on. Collision of faith and politics, Jerry's the one who came up with that title. I was going to say the collision or the uh, the intersection of faith and politics. Jerry said, no, no, what you want is you want an action word, collision. So I did, made it up. Good job, Jerry. Now, Jerry's going to be like, afterwards, you're going to look, we're going to have a conversation about money. I invented that great title for you. You need to pay me some money. Hey, there's some good cookies over there. If somebody hadn't stole all of them, I'll pay. I'll pay. <laughs> You know, but he's the one bringing the cookies. They were awesome. I don't think there's any left. So I'm telling you all, I'm not kidding about the food. The thing I get the most questions about every single week, I get emails. People are always asking me, do you really have the food or are you just using this as an enticement? I am not kidding you. We have awesome food here. We don't play. What is this, a light snack? What did we start off with, the light snack? Now, you guys remember when Sean gets back in two weeks, who in here remembers Sean's food that he brings? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, attendance will triple. <laughs> we don't care for the preaching, but whoop, that food is good. <laughs> so how do we go about this disagreement? How do we how do we do this? How how does the disagreement manifest? It's bickering, it's backbiting, it's it's really, to be honest with you, it's spiritual babyhood. Just a bunch of babies, it's a bunch of safe space wanting babies. Nobody can disagree without stomping off anymore. Conflicts that go to court. Conflicts that call for going to court. 
Man, that's a tough one. Mention it in the scripture. I go off on this. Lands, what is the deal with people, Christians, carrying each other to court? Over every little thing, we want to carry each other to court. Fighting over stupid stuff. And what do we do? Just like the scriptures say, we're going to, we're going to take this before worldly judges, ungodly judges, sinful judges. People don't know anything. They don't, the one thing, let me say this. This is the only decent thing I'm ever going to say about Islam. And even still, it's a backhanded compliment. First of all, let me say this. Sharia law, here's the thing. What they're saying is, is we're not going to go and submit to your court because we don't agree with it. We don't agree with your, we can't abide by your constitution. It's a man-made covenant. You're saying you're better. You're better than God. You make a law that's better than God. Sharia law is our law. And we don't go, we don't go before any court that has anything less than Sharia law. And that's just how, that's how it goes. I just, I just, a man-made law. I don't know what they think. This just yeah. popped out of nowhere. You know, it's magic. Mm. Well, I just finished, uh, how many words did I say it was? 14,000 some odd words. I just finished 14,000, writing 14,000 some odd words. By the time I'm finished, finished, it'll be 15,000 words. I'm, whoa, wow. Comparative beliefs at the doctorate level will kill you. One of the faiths that I've, you know, obviously studied as an expert over the years is Islam. And so every time I read it, there's always some other thing. And I just have to shake my head and say, man, oh, man, how they've come into this country and cause us to go, well, we do need to be sensitive to, to their laws. We need to respect that. That's their culture. Their culture is to kill people. It's right in their laws. It's right in their Quran. It's right in their Umdad al-Salik, their reliance of the traveler. It's in their Hadith. It's in all those things. It's a religious, political, and military thing. It's not a religion. Starts as religion to get accommodations. Then it becomes political, and then it becomes military. Because guess what? You're not going to listen. You're not going to listen. We'll cut your head off. That's just how it works with them. Anyhow, Christians, we want to go to a court. We want to go into a court, and we can't understand. We're suing another Christian, angry with another Christian. We want an ungodly person to know a thing about what drives us, which should be what? It should be our faith. should be Scripture. should be our common faith in God. But no, what happens is we get to court, and we look at some worldly person that doesn't have any understanding in the world, and we say, resolve it for us. Tell us what we should do. And then it doesn't go well. And we, we already know what we're supposed to do anyway. You see, we don't remember this mandate from Scripture. And really from, where are my Hebrew, my Hebrew culture followers here? Right? Okay. Amen. You know, we got a, we got a, we got a shofar in the back here we're going to blow at the end. Look, here's the deal, folks. Hebrew culture said, do not haul each other into court. I mean, that's not verbatim Hebrew, but don't haul each other into court. Or... Don't try each other in the court of public opinion. What's another name for the court of public opinion now? It is social media. Every five minutes over everything. You know, just every five minutes, you see some, a big fight erupting on social media. Just fight, 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 all the time. People yelling at each other. People that are Christians and were friends now are like, I def- what's that commercial? I defriend you. That's not the way it works. That's not the way any of this works. You guys remember that commercial? You ever watch TV? The woman's comparing this. She's got little post-it notes all up oh, on her right, wall. Right, right. I defriend you. What is it? In pictures on the wall. You know, this is pictures on my wall. Yeah. That's not. Well, here's the thing. Here's the crazy <laughs> thing about that. You know, I'm on social media, theninjapastor.com, you know, Facebook, 
Facebook.com backslash Sean Greener. I'm probably SM Greener. I'm probably saying it all wrong. I don't even know what it is. Now that Sean will be back in two weeks, everything will pick up. People are like, oh, thank the Lord. We've been sending him emails for weeks. He's never even responded. He doesn't know how to open it. Um, but here's the thing. You know, what, what happens with social media is it amplifies everything. There's a term I like to use, and other people, other people use the term, keyboard commandos. You ever know somebody like that? You know them in person, never talk like they talk, but they get behind that keyboard, and all of a sudden they're seven feet tall, and they're, you know, they're, they're all of a sudden, uh, what's that guy's name? The actor, he's a funny guy, but he's real big. What's his name? He's got a new movie coming out. Narrow down a little bit. No, the black guy, the real muscular guy. The Rock, The Rock, yeah, yeah, you know, he's, he's, all of a sudden you're sitting there, you, as soon as you sit behind a computer, you become The Rock, right, and you're a big scary thing, and then you see this person in, in, in person, and you think, yeah, you're a little McFly over here, and I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, did you really mean to type that, you know, type of deal, but people are like that, but Christians are like that, Christians get on that, and, oh, no, you did not, and they're typing away. And uh, and then they brag in the comment section. Oh, did you see what I said to him? I burnt him. I shut him down. Well, then what happens? person types another thing. You didn't shut nobody down. I still got a keyboard. Didn't catch on fire. Click, 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 click. Then what happens? The other person goes, delete. And then they get on there and they brag, talking about, I blocked him. He ain't going to talk to me that way. I blocked him. So then we're blocked. We don't agree. We're blocked. And it happens with Christians all the time. But in this election, I'm telling you, the last thing I said was political. And the reason I said it was not because I thought of it last. It's I want you to think of it last. I want that to be present in your mind because, look, we're in a contentious situation here. And at some point at the end of it, guess what's going to have to happen? We're going to have to come together or we are going to have to be mutually pledged, to quote our founders, to keep the republic. And if we don't become mutually pledged to keep the republic, guess what we're going to do? We're going to be losers of the republic and not keepers of the republic. Welcome to slavery, socialism, communism, and all of that. Anyway, I'm just saying. I think we can agree this applies to our lives today. This is a current thing. 1 Corinthians 6, who would have ever thought that it would be so current? But it is. It's timely. That's why the Bible is just an awesome, awesome conglomeration of – it's a library. 66 books, just incredibly pertinent. So a question about the consequence of Christian conflicts. Uh, King James Version kind of goes like this. Dare any of you to go to law before the unjust? You, you, what I just said, talking about how, how dare you go before unjust people? But what law is the just law? I'll give you a hint. Pointing up for a radio audience. God's law. That's it. People say, well, uh, now... You know, I'm looking back and seeing Tarp Man shirt hanging up there. Uh, Lavoy Finicum, he was in the right. He might not have gone about it exactly the right way, but guess what? He was in the right. People say, well, you know, they did illegal things. That was their land to start with. Many people don't realize that was their land. The government took their land, systematically took their land, made it a part of, of uh, the national park system. How would you feel? Now, I only have a little postage stamp, but if the government came in, and said, hey, you know what, 10 feet of your lawn in the back, which is basically my lawn, um, we're going to take 10 feet of your lawn for whatever. We got, a, we got, a, we got a, uh, some kind of bug 
which honestly, if they said it was a snake or some other kind of animal, I probably would be really excited about it. But um, the thing is, is if they say, if they say, oh, we got this bug that's uh, endangered or, you know, near extinct or whatever, I'm going to be concerned about the animal, right? I don't want anything bad. But how many times have we heard this mess? They talk about using, you do a great teaching on that, uh, how the EPA and the, the Fish and Wildlife and all this, they're using all these other agencies you wouldn't normally think about as a social uh, engineering, uh, a law enforcement. You, you see all these orders for these hundreds of millions, if not, you know, uh, what is it, 1.5 billion rounds of ammunition. The IRS, Fish and Wildlife Service, um, uh, what's the other one, Bureau of Land Management, all these others. What do you need all these rounds for? Never before in history. Well, we need it for training. You know, we need it for training. Well, you have to get better at shooting quicker because our military is doing without ammunition. They're having to do training without ammunition. They're having to hand each other the gun. Gun comes back from combat from overseas. I don't know how many of you know this. Gun comes back in the United States Navy SEALs. SEALs are having to share rifles. A SEAL comes back from deployment, i.e. combat. And he says, here you go, buddy. Good luck. She served me well. And hands his rifle over to a, a, a Navy SEAL getting ready to head back over. No sense at all. Doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense at all. So I say, let's save, let's keep Bureau of Land Management. Let's keep the IRS. They don't need to have guns. They don't need to have ammo. And let's share that, whatever that line item is in their budget, and give it to our people who are actually fighting for something. Anyway, don't get me started on that. Jerry, did you get me started on that? <laughs> so I guess what I want to say here, and, I, and I'll move on, is, is look, the laws of God are supreme. Lavoie Fenecombe said, this is wrong in the eyes of God, and I have to stand. I'm resolved. I've decided. I'm resolved, and I'm going to stand. And he did. If you know the truth, if you don't know the truth, listen to I have about three radio shows, three two-hour radio shows where I go through fact by fact by fact by fact by fact at the request of my buddy Don back there. And uh, actually, that's one of the most listened-to shows that I have. It's, that's just below 700,000 downloads. Unbelievable. I don't, I don't know why, but it just, it just was. People, people were aching to know the truth. We want to know the truth about this. And people, that's, I got the most letters from that, the most emails from that. People said, I, is this actually true? Yes, go to the footnotes page of the website. I'll show you exactly where they are, you can click on them, they're active links, and take you right to it. And they couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe it. The man was in the right, the government was in the wrong. He stood and he was killed. You say, well, what a waste. Well, in a way, what a waste. Did it wake anybody up? Are we awake as a people? You say, well, he wasn't a real Christian because he was a Mormon. Well, I got a newsflash for you. They believe in Jesus. You may not like some of the stuff they believe, but the man was a fervent believer and a good man, not only in the community, but in general. He was a good man. So he's dead now, but he was standing for something right. The law, man's law, the unjust law, this, this is, what are you doing going? The scripture, I'll just paraphrase, Sean version. What are you doing going to these people? They don't know anything about God's law. That's the law. Why are you going to them? Why do you think our laws in this country, our constitution in this country, are based on uh, to faith and scripture and, uh, you know, all of these? I had to do this matrix thing. I hate doing that. Since my crap, I'm not good at puzzles, and matrix are like puzzles for me in my brain. But I had to do this matrix of all these different faiths, and um, you know, 
how to do Islam and then all these different ones, but Islam, I can't help but to educate the professor uh, on this because the textbook really doesn't, it, it's kind of like, oh, we love all religions. Well, I don't love all religions. I'm going to let you have your religion. I'm all for that as long as your religion doesn't call to kill me. If your religion says you're going to cut my head off, if I don't believe your religion, newsflash to you, it's not a religion. It's a religious, political, and military ideology, and I won't let it stand. If you want to have it, you better keep it over there. Don't bring it over to our shores. Newsflash for you. It's already here. Anyway, moving on. How much time we got? 23 minutes. I better hurry. I'll start talking faster. So you have to think about, one of the things you have to think about is the testimony before others when Christians can't get along. Look, when Christians can't get along, how nuts do we Christians look when we argue stupid stuff? Whether it's on social media, whether it's in a store. Uh, you ever see, uh, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen, sad but funny. Uh, I've actually seen this. I, I remember I was a police officer years ago and I was working. Um, we had actually gotten held out. That's, you know, when there's, I think we had, uh, we had some sort of sickness or something going on and there was just so few police officers on the street. They said uh, midnights is held out to day work. Today shift. We had already worked, had already worked eight or nine hours overnight while everybody else was sleeping. They said day work's going to be held out until further, or uh, uh, midnight's held out to further notice. So I, you know, I figured, whew, and back then I didn't drink any coffee. I know, police officer didn't drink coffee. It's amazing. So, or eat donuts. Although now, let's be honest, <laughs> I might eat a donut. But now I won't eat a donut. It's white flour. I'm, body's a temple. Anyway, the point is, People in the back going, mm -hmm. yeah, all right. I'll believe that when I see it. Anyway, y'all are going to hold me accountable. Don't let me get a donut. See, I checked first before I said that. Make sure there's no donuts on the on the table. Oh, I, I guarantee you I'm not going to eat a donut in this place tonight. You will not see me eat a donut. I'm committing to that. We're making a covenant together. So so this particular night, and I'm tired as all get out, right? I'm, I'm white. It's, I've already worked midnight shift. It's already the sun has already come up. I'm I'm wore out. I am ready to go to bed. I am counting on it. All of a sudden, uh, at 7:20, I still remember this. I still remember this day. At 7:20, I'm headed back to headquarters. Woohoo! I am going to sleep at least four hours because to me that's really sleeping in. And so I'm all excited. And then all of a sudden, it comes on. Uh, recom comes on. Guy just retired that said this. I still remember the guy, Zimmerman, Rod Zimmerman. He says. Midnight shift is held out till further notice. <sighs> you could hear the collective sigh. Everybody, everybody's working midnights. We're so tired. So I'm held out. It's church time. I get a call for a 1010, which is a car accident. And it says that the people are arguing. They're mad as a hornet. They're yelling. They're going to be fisticuffs. Nobody says fisticuffs anymore. They're about to fight. They're about to throw down. So I drive there, you know, we don't want anything. And I'm thinking to myself, that's really amazingly close to the big, I won't say where it is, but it's a big Catholic church. It can happen with any denomination, but it happened to be a big Catholic church, like uh, about three or four blocks down. And so I drive up, and there's these people in their Sunday, Sunday clothes. And they're, I mean, they're up in each other's face. They're screaming. They're cussing. They're pointing. They're bumping chests and poking each other. And, this, that, and the other, and, you know, every foul language you could ever think. I think it's so funny because I go around and, you know, I'm going to write down the tag numbers for, just see what we're dealing with here, run these tags, see if they're people. Uh, they dress nice, but crazy people dress nice. 
And so, uh, you know, I'm jotting them down, and I look to the left of each of the tags, and guess what I saw? Follow me to Saint So and So's of such and such. <laughs> I had a little dove on it, little piece, little piece dove on them, and they ran into each other trying to get. They were each trying to fight for the same space, pulling out of church. Guess where they were going? Dairy Queen. <laughs> Must have had a sale. I have a coupon. You know, hey, saving money's good, but not that good. But what happens? There's all these people looking around. They're like, uh, you know, these are Christians. These are people of faith, good lands. Because by then, their whole crowd had gathered. What kind of testimony is that, people? That's, that's crazy business. Look, on social media, you can go to somebody's profile on social media, and you can see what kind of pictures they have, what kind of things they've posted. You can go look at their activity for the past year. You go, mm, this is a real Jesus person. This person very Jesus. Mm, I will watch what I say. And then two minutes later, you see him posting something. This is what gets me. This one here gets me really bad. Now, I have 5,000 friends on Facebook, and I'm weeding through, getting rid of the ones that I don't know how they got in. I really don't know how they got in somehow or another. Not that it's any big deal to be my friend on Facebook. But, but I look on this thing every now and then. About every month I go through and I cut out about 300 people because we have a list of people who send me friend requests. I can't friend request them. Or I can't accept their friend requests because I'm over the limit. So I go through and trim people off. And what I look for is people that have these real ridiculous um, these uh, bikini shots, you know. The, oh, what do they call them? I don't know what they call them. But the, what's the thing, the first picture you see? Thor, what's the first profile. picture? Profile picture. Yeah, profile picture. So, they, you know, if they have something scantily clad on there, then I, I just, they're gone. If that's the first thing you want people to know about you, you're gone. Well, here's the thing. And I really don't, men I don't think should wear bikinis. I'll be honest. Just kidding. <laughs> but nowadays, you know, transgender bathrooms, hey, you got to be careful. Got to be careful. Can't talk bad about somebody's bikini nowadays. They'll be, need a safe space. Anyway, the point is, is I, I kind of trim that away and, and we, we cut that off. But the thing is, you look through some of these people's profile, and they've, they've got all kinds of crosses and sunshiny and verses and all this stuff. Two seconds later, they're telling another person what they can do in a not-so-nice or Christian way. And you find out the other person, you go over, man, this is, boy, this is a heated thread. You find out they're both Christians. And then you look a little bit, they're from the same hometown. And then the, the, the virtual uh, bumper sticker of they both like the same church, the same church page. You find out, well, you know what, they go to the same church together. They're, they're mad at each other, and they're using social media to fight. That doesn't look good, folks. It makes us look nuts. I have a hard time looking nuts enough as it is. So we fight, and we backbite, and we disagree. We're in perpetual disagreement with each other. And the non-Christian, or maybe the person on the fence, says, why would I want to be a part of that? Why do I want to be a part of some group like that where people are crazy people? I don't want to be a part of that. Even more than that... I'm hurrying. I don't have much time left. Even more than that, think about the crippling of all of your soul-winning efforts, if you have any soul-winning efforts, when Christians use their energies in conflict. Look, I, you know, I'm not a big, uh, I'm not against street preaching. I'm not against street evangelism. I'm not against it. That's what God has called you specifically to do. Do your thing. I'm just saying from a Hebrew worldview standpoint, that's not accurate. You say, well, but God, it says go into all the world. It also says in your community, live righteously. You know why a lot of people want to go to Nigeria to witness? Because they can't manage to live righteously in their own neighborhood. Those are the only people over there. They're never going to see them again. 
that believe, oh, this this person is amazing. Boy, this is if this is what God is, he's going to save me. He's going to do all these nice things for me. Guess what? I'm going to be a part of that. And with a life expectancy of 34 years old, guess what? They're going to sign up. Well, this is awesome. They bring me food. They bring me candy. They bring me clothing. They tell me great stories. I'm in. I am in. They don't follow you back home. They don't see the arguments that you have with fellow Christians. They don't see how you talk to each other, how you treat each other. Look, we spend all of our time and all of our energy and passion fighting each other. When we do that, we rob ourselves of any element of testimony, any element of believability. You know what I do now? I remember my buddy, my buddy West back there, you, but year, a year or so ago, you said, you know, why aren't people listening to this? That? And I said, you know what, I don't, I don't fight them. We're doing some uh, homework. My son, Dua, wrote a paper, and I'm reading the paper, and he reminded me, look, it's the scripture says to scatter the seed. It doesn't say, it doesn't say that you are responsible for making that seed grow. Who's responsible for that? God is. He's responsible for sending the rain. He's responsible for, for all of that part of it. He's got that part. We'll handle our part. The point of it is, is, let's say you are scattering your seed one day. Whoa, whoa, let me back up. That doesn't sound too good. Let's say you're at the grocery and you see somebody and they're struggling and you go up to them. Maybe they're trying to hold something. I, I don't know why I do this, especially, you know, in days where I have to use my cane. I've got one less hand, right? But that's the day that I decide, you know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to get one of the buggies and I'm not going to get one of them little carry baskets. But then I don't count how many items that I have. So what am I trying to do instead of going back and getting a buggy or getting one of them little carry baskets? I say, well, I'll just press it against me like this till I get up there. For long, I'm sweating. It's pouring off of me. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to make it. You know, and sadly, it must be because I look like a crazy person. Nobody's ever come up and said, hey, can I help you carry that? And I would think my family would be willing to do that, but they're not. So, but the point of the matter is, point of the matter is, is now I always have to go grocery shopping by myself because I get overwhelmed with it, literally because of the brain injury, all the lights and so many things. And I just have to take my time and try to be calm about it. It's a crazy thing, that, but with the brain injury, that's what happens. The point of the matter is, is let's say I go there and I see somebody like me struggling. And I say, hey, let me help you here. I kid you not, this is probably what would happen, not me. I'm too good for all this. But uh, no, I'm not. What I would do is go get a buggy. You all know what a buggy is, right? A cart. A cart, yeah. That's what I call them. I call it a buggy. So I go get a buggy, or I get a little hand thing, depending on how many things they have, and I'll bring it up to them. Here you go. Man, make it easier on you. Um, or I could do like this. You know, we're talking about this issue here. You know, a smart person. When they go grocery shopping, you know what they do? They put the buggies up front so you know to get them. A smart person will get a buggy. Serves you right for struggling. You know? Is that the right thing to do? Should I just go get a buggy? How hard is it for me to get a buggy? Now, look, don't go over an aisle and somebody's reaching up for something and you take their buggy. Don't do that. That's not a good example. You go all the way to the front, get, a, get you an empty buggy, take it to the person, help them out. My point in all that is this is there's two different ways of doing things. There's the Christian and right way of doing it. A friend of mine reminded me this week, talking about rude. Christians can be the rudest folks. You ever Have you ever seen a bunch of folks that can just be rude? Not just the car. Look, that car accident happened years ago, years ago, and folks were rude. I guess nothing's really changed. Aren't we supposed to be nicer at least to one another? How are we going to be nice to somebody else if we're not nice? To each other. 
How are you going to be nice outside your home? You can't be nice to each other. It's impossible. It's impossible. So somebody, a good friend this week said, you know, remember, remember about being rude. Don't be rude. Christians ought not to be rude. We're supposed to be what? We're supposed to be the beacon. The beacon of the light, capital L. That's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed, people are supposed to look at us and go, there's something about them that I want to be a part of. Something about them. Now let me say this. I think this is important. I just want to be clear here. I'm not advocating or, or saying to you that somehow or another you always have to be liked or that the world always has to agree with you or that even your fellow Christian friends have to agree with you. They don't have to agree with you. Spirited debate is not a bad thing. Why? Why is spirited debate not a bad thing? I've been wrong before. I might be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure I've been wrong before. So... Look, in my being wrong, what has convinced me that I'm wrong? Not somebody come up saying you're stupid, you're dumb, you're ugly. I already knew that. I'm saying the, the thing that's convinced me is, hey, brother, let me come alongside here. Let's sit down and let's, let's talk about this because we, we disagree. I have a good friend. Well, I have a great friend, Jerry. Jerry's helped me understand some things before. Um, my, our, our mutual friend, Dave Perkins. I challenge you to find a wiser guy, a more thinking guy, a guy who – which, if he's listening, write a book already. Um, I've been on this guy since I met him to write a book. If anybody ought to write a book, it should be Dave Perkins. And Dave is a very thinking person, and he says, okay, he'll present an argument. You know, we're in a think tank together, and it's real heady stuff. I never – I always wonder, you know, whenever there's a post, somebody puts a post in this think tank thing, I think, how did I get in? Am I the pity vote? You know, I'm the pity vote. Well, we got to take somebody every year that's, you know, underserved. So, you know, but, but I read this thing, and then by the end, I'm like, you know, that makes a lot of sense. I may not agree with him fully, but sometimes I'll say, you know what? I was wrong about that. And my thing is, is look, if I'm wrong, I want to tell you, look, I was wrong. I have bad information. How many of you who are on social media have ever posted something that turned out to be fraudulent or from a, uh, from a satire site? I think it was satire sites. I hate them. I, it's easy to do. Why? Because Photoshop is easy to do. People run around talking about Ted Cruz. His father uh, had something to do with the assassination of of uh, of of, of um, JFK because they're putting the picture up there. They were together, Lee Harvey Oswald and blah blah blah, and Castro, and they're all together smoking cigars. Come on, it's stupid. It's a Photoshop. Everybody knows it's a Photoshop, but people still. Now look, I'm not talking about that because you got to be a little bit dumb to forward something like that, or you just want to believe it so bad. The point of this is. Sometimes you can be wrong about something. You could be justifiably, you know, you had bad information. It seemed right at the time, but it was bad information. You went forward with it before maybe triple-double checking, maybe checking at all, because it seemed so authentic. Plus, you looked and you said, well, so-and-so forward to me, they're a pretty sharp person. They check stuff out. I'm just going to assume it. Well, I've done it before. I said, well, you know, this is a reliable source. I'm going to forward it. Sources that I trust today, even, have been caught in this thing. My good buddy, uh, Rick Green, this past week, he forwarded a meme. Turned out it was fake. He didn't know. So what did he do? This is what I always recommend to people. If you forward something or you, you pass something on that turns out to not be real or not be correct, you find out about it, first thing you do is you, wherever you emblazon that, you, you put your announcement, hey, I forwarded this last week. It was wrong, and I apologize for that. You know, Don't make a bunch of excuses. Just say I apologize for that. I want to keep a closer eye next time. That's how you fix it. 
That's how you fix it. But here's the thing. So many people uh, espouse wrong things because they don't know what they believe in. So they latch on to this thing. They latch on to this thing. They latch on to this thing. For too long, they got all these things they're latching on to because they're twisting, right, to and fro in the breeze, whatever way the wind blows, man. That's where they're going to go. And they fall for everything. They fall for everything. And you know what's crazy is they don't apologize for any of it. They, something comes out that completely debunks it. It's what the newspapers do, isn't it? You know that. Front page of newspapers. I don't know who takes paper nowadays. I don't. But on, you take a paper. If you took a paper uh, and you'd see a big headline on there, and it turns out you know, two weeks later or a week later, it was totally and completely false. It was completely wrong. Where's the correction? Page 33, uh, in, you know, out on the way outside the fold in about point two dot pitch, you know, font and two sentences you can't even read. You don't even know it's there. I say do it opposite. If you make a mistake, go put it back on there and say, hey, you know what? We made a mistake. We messed up. And I'm sorry. I hope you can trust me again. That's, that's what Christians are supposed to do. Because I'm not saying, look, I don't want you to think that Christians are always going to be right. I don't want you to think that. I'm not sitting here saying that Christians are always going to be right. They're not. But I do want to say this. We are accountable for our, the quality of our effort and our time, the investment of our time. We're accountable for every second of our lives and how we invest or waste our moments here on earth. How many worthless, wasteful, and harmful moments do we manufacture in our lives here on earth? And how many of those are among the lost? How many of those are among the lost? How many of those are viewed by people who don't know what we know? That eternity-granting knowledge of Christ on the cross, risen on the third day, sitting at the right hand of the Father, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. They don't know that. They've never placed their faith in Christ. They, they count everything toward the universe. The universe is this, that, or the other thing, but God isn't. No, they don't know. So what happens? We get in a big tussle with them, or maybe we act a fool. They see it, and they don't listen. They don't pay attention. Our job is to scatter the seed, folks. It's to scatter the seed. Might have to skip ahead because we only have about four minutes left. My bad. Questions about the competence of Christians to settle differences. Do you not know the saints shall judge the world? Until this is Daniel 7.22. Until the ancient one came, judgment was given in favor of the holy ones of the Most High. And the time came for the holy ones to take over the kingdom. Let me ask you something. If we're supposed to be the holy ones, shouldn't we be paying close attention here on earth to the things of God? Somebody says, well, I'm a Christian. Oh, well, that's good. Have you read Scripture? Do you read Scripture? No, I just... I go to yoga class twice a week, you know, and I center myself. Hold up. Did you just, boy just went and walked right in front of me and got one of them chocolate chip cookies right in front of me. Now that's bitter. He's inciting anger is what he's doing. No, he's, he's saving me. He's saving me because, you know, I shouldn't eat those. Two and a half minutes left. I can't guarantee it's going to That's right. That's right. Beeline might be made from there. Cookies. I'm telling you, folks, white come flour, here. We eat well. White flour. white flour at my temple. I'm a temple. So, the thing is, is when we're here on earth, shouldn't we be investing ourselves in Scripture? You say, well, I can't read the King James Version. Get another version, a good one, English Standard Version. I'm not saying, I'm not saying get another version that's good. I'm saying if King James is for you, read it. 
will prefer the new King James if you're going to do King James because they've corrected a lot of things. Or American Standard Version, New American Standard, 95 and further, uh, Complete Jewish Bible, or English ESV, the ESV. CJB and the ESV, phenomenal. They're easy to understand. They're easy to read. Get that. There's no excuse nowadays. Well, I can't understand it. Well, get a, get, get a translation you understand. There's another scripture in Matthew 19:28. Yeshua said to them, yes, I tell you that in the regenerated world, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, throne you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones and judge the 12 tribes of Israel. And if the world shall be judged by you and you unworthy to judge the smallest matters, know you not that we shall judge angels? Angels, How much more the things that pertain to this life? If then you have judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are the least esteemed in the church. Look. Why are we going to turn stuff over to a society that doesn't care about our belief system? Doesn't care about our faith, doesn't care about our scripture, has no respect for God. They're arguing over, well, you're a bigot if you don't let a transgender or just a man who wants to go into a woman's bathroom. Now, we're not talking about a single woman's bathroom. I want to be clear on that. We're talking about a, a multiple stall, multiple occupant bathroom. Messing around arguing with that. I'm going to tell you we would have never been having this argument if Christians would have had their stuff together. To be honest with you, in 2005, 2006, 2007, if Christians would have had their stuff together, this argument wouldn't even be here. We wouldn't be having these arguments, but we are, because we didn't decide, we weren't resolved, and we didn't stand. Now's the time to stand. But you can do it and you can disagree with your fellow Christian brothers. You can do it and you can disagree in a decent manner toward one another. Politically speaking, we're going to have to all get along to keep the evil one. President Pantsuits, we cannot allow her. We cannot allow her. We cannot, I'm saying it a third time, we cannot allow this woman. We can't do it. Or it's over for this country. We don't win this time, we've lost. Christians, you've got to unite. You can't say I'm going to stay at home. You can't do it. Well, I'm going to write in some name. You know, Elmer Fudd or some kind of thing. You're not helping anything. It's over. Uh, somebody said, agree to disagree. Yes, you're absolutely right. Sometimes you do. We have to agree to disagree. You know what? We're not going to agree. I'm not going to convince you. You're not going to convince me. So that's okay. It's okay sometimes to disagree. Right? Sometimes we just disagree, and that's okay. Join me from 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, Mr. Barker is going to tell you all about that. Thank you for joining Send this link around to your different friends. They'll enjoy it. I'm sure they will. Join us next time for Sundays with Dr. Sean. And please follow this show and the Collision of Faith and Politics radio show during the week at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash The Ninja Pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at The Ninja Pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio. And check out all the free messages, archive shows, and buy Dr. Sean's critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, at www.drshawngreener.com. Join us during the week. And in the meantime, Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you for joining us in this fight.